left, right. Yo, what's up guys? Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sip Talk. Today we're talking about electric vehicles. Um, talking about the pros and the cons. If you own one, I would love your feedback. If you don't own one, but you're considering buying one, you need to listen to this full episode. I think we really get into some, some heavy pros and some heavy cons. Um, and uh, my mind is made up. I believe James' mind is made up um, for the not so far future. We'll see, you know, as technology uh, advances, what the pros and the cons look like. But let me know what you think. Uh, stay tuned. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 Uh, just to get into it real quick, this is a new setup, temporary setup. So next to the fireplace, um, James is in the James Den. Yep, the cave. Uh, and this is episode 63 of Sip Talk. Today we're talking about electric vehicles. I'm going to make a little drink. Uh, I'm running low on the house booze after the weekend. Um, you got a drink over there? Yeah, doing uh, bourbon and water. Nice. I got a little, uh, what is this, Calamocho, Calamocho, Calamocho. Oh, you're doing red wine and Coke? Well, I'm doing red wine and Pepsi. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah, Calamochos are great. I like a little... Uh, um, a little splash of some bitters. A little bit of lime helps, too. Oh, lime would probably be good, but lime is far away, and it is. Well, it's not going to happen right now. Um, so I'd, I'd like to catch up and see who has an electric vehicle. Um, I want to go, like, fully electric, though, not like a hybrid, because I think for the sake of this conversation um, – you know, I think we should kind of skip over hybrid a little bit. I'm not counting it. And also, I think that's the way that the world is heading is a lot of there, there's a few states and a couple countries out there that have put into place laws saying after 2030, for example, no sales of combustion engine vehicles are even going to be allowed. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally down yet with, uh, with these futuristic vehicles. But, but just to finish my point about the hybrid vehicles, I'm going to go ahead and say that hybrid is kind of the worst of both worlds. Um, you're not getting a, a great gasoline engine. And I don't know. I can't, I can't think of a hybrid vehicle right now that, that I would want to drive on a regular basis. Any, anything you can think of that you can sway I think, my... I think Porsche has a hybrid that's pretty decent. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to. I'd have to visit the dealership. They, I, know, I think they have a new... I think Lexus has one or two hybrids that are actually pretty decent performance, too. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to get into my list here. Maybe somebody can uh, sway my interest otherwise. But I want to go over some pros and cons of electric vehicles. And I feel like at a certain point in my life, I'm really going to have to 
I will probably own an electric vehicle in my lifetime, fully electric vehicle. I just, I think that's very likely to happen. But I think I will also own, own simultaneously a gasoline vehicle. But I predict that gasoline is going to be more and more difficult to come by as electric vehicles continue to grow in popularity. Yeah, that's probably a good bit out, though. I would say probably not until 25 to 30 years out, if not longer. I, I agree, but that's within my lifetime. So I'm trying to be realistic with, with these predictions. Uh, I'm going to hit you with uh, some pros. You, you feel free to you know disagree with me here. We'll bounce back and forth because I got a list of like six pros and like six or seven cons. And so you do one, and then I'll like we'll kind of bounce back and forth, and if uh, we'll see if uh, how how closely our lists line up. Cool. And if you guys are watching this live, I'm trying to stay tuned with the live comments. So let me know your thoughts on electric vehicles, pros, cons, any statements you'd like to make. I'll try to catch catch it on the feed. If not, I will scroll back and we'll hit some of your comments in a little bit. Uh, the biggest pro of an electric vehicle is no gas, no refueling, no gas expense. Yep. Um, and, uh, and that's cool. Like I find myself now that I'm out of the city and driving on a regular basis, I'm at the gas station two or three times a week regularly. Um, you can and fill I mean, up in New Jersey, which is way cheaper than New York. Sure, but you, you don't have to pump. So, you don't. Well, the, another benefit of New Jersey and fuel is that you don't have to pump. You're not allowed to pump. It's illegal to pump your own gas here. Which but has always seemed big. weird to me. But it's just the fact that I have to wait for somebody to do it and they're on another car. I just want to pop out, throw the thing in, gas up, and take off. But you know, I gotta wait for somebody. He's trying to get a tip. He's washing somebody else's fucking windshield. Yeah, like hell out of here. That's nice sometimes, but like I, you know, I, I either want my windshield dirty as shit, or why would I you have, like? Well, I just I don't want somebody else dragging. I don't want a half-ass windshield. And sometimes they're good, but but I don't know. I just I'm very wary of somebody else cleaning your windshield. Um, you know, when I clean a car. There's not a streak or a swipe or a stack of dirt in the windshield. And usually it's it's finished with a nice clear coat of Rain-X. And when you come up to an intersection, usually in another country, but now it's happening in Manhattan, uh, and somebody cleans off your windshield, or if you're at a gas station, the, the, the guys aren't really paying that close attention to the windshield. They're just, you know, they're shuffling about a little bit, trying to throw in some elbow grease and work it to get, to get a little tip. And... Like I don't, I don't need the song and dance when my windshield's already clean, you know. So that's that's my thought on somebody cleaning your 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 windshield. But either way, gas obviously not having to put gas in your car an overall pro. So second um, pro going along with that would be yeah. most of these cars you can charge at home. Sure, you can charge these cars at home. Well, that's kind of uh, nice where you don't even have to go to a gas station ever. You can just charge them from home. Who's paying your electric bill? No, well, you are ostensibly. But um, the the cost to fill up a, a vehicle with battery power is way cheaper than to fill up a vehicle with fuel. True. True. Um, but yeah, I would say that's a problem that you can, that you can recharge in your garage 
providing you, I mean, you know, if you're going to go buy the electric vehicle, you probably got to upgrade your, your home electric to be able to support that. This old house, you know, about to burn the place around the fireplace. So. Well, there's a variety of different chargers. You can have one that just plugs into a regular, like, like 12 volt, 120, like 120 volt, a standard plug, like a GCFI plug. Or you can get like the the more advanced ones that are like the two hundred and forty volt or whatever. But That's and obviously nice the, a dry washer dryer off. Of right. Yeah. Um. Like the the bigger plugs and those will obviously charge faster. But I think that they have like the GCFI ones out there too. I don't know. I don't own an electric vehicle. Um. But yeah, that's not having to pay for gas and being able to charge at home definitely an advantage. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know enough at home. Uh, electricity yet. I will. I'll get there right now. It's not my biggest concern. I'm afraid to touch it. Um, but you can charge from home. Um, another pro, no exhaust. Um, no broken exhaust pipes and no exhaust, which is a negative on the environment. Yep. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the no exhaust is, like, I, I have some cons that kind of correlate with like no gas, I'll touch on that right now. I kind of like the smell of gasoline a little bit. You know, I like for me it reminds me of like fun times, like being on the boat, water skiing, kind of that smell of gasoline for me. Always, always attached to positive memories for the most part. Yeah. So it just it, you know it's tied to memory, um, olfactory, and it, it, it's generally a positive one for me. Uh, given I have had gasoline poured on my face twice. <laughs> Were you there for any of this? Uh, I feel like I might have been. I don't know. Trying to refuel the boat. This has happened to me twice, trying to refuel the boat. It's me in the water and then somebody standing on the boat and me being like, wait, 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 wait. And then they just, and it just, like. Well, at least you had the water right there to wash yourself off, so. That's not how gasoline works. Like you can't just, it's, it's oily. Gasoline yeah, is oily. It's hydrophobic. Yeah. Uh, um, so water, you, you need to have some type of soap to actually break the, break through the oil. Um, but I do like the smell of gas. So that's the downside. I, you know, I'd like. Yeah. But most I, people probably don't. Probably. I don't, I don't know. Um, and then no exhaust. Like I'd like a good exhaust note on a car, not an obnoxious one, you know, but but I would say overall pro, no gas, no exhaust. Um, another pro is they're not loud. You not, don't have that exhaust sound. You know, you hear a motorcycle go by and it sounds like a fucking earthquake. You know, a nice thing about a, a, an electric vehicle is it's quiet. Yeah, you're hitting a lot of the ones that I came up with. So I'm just kind of crossing stuff up as we go along. You want to rebut me though on the, the con with the silence? Well, two there's two big cons. One is that um, for pedestrians, EVs can be a lot more dangerous because you don't you, you might not hear the car coming. So if you're not paying attention and looking, you don't hear the car. So people tend to get hit a lot more often by EVs than gas powered cars because they're so quiet. Um, and the second is going along with your point where if you've got a car that's got a really cool sounding engine and like the exhaust note and everything like that, th that's just kind of, and that, maybe that's only something that purists care about, which I would consider myself one when it comes to cars. Me as well. Yeah. Um, so that might not be something that appeals to everybody, but for me, 
um, like six or seven years ago, whenever I was up to uh, visit New York and you let me take your Porsche up to Albany or whatever, like the exhaust note on the Porsche and everything was just fantastic. And at the time I was driving a BMW 135, which is also a fantastic driving car, but the Porsche won in terms of the exhaust note. Yeah. I I mean, the the sound of a, a Porsche is incredible. Um, which that's my, one of my concerns with the electric vehicles. I want to hit some comments real quick because we got a whole bunch of them coming through. I'm going to hit Facebook, Instagram, and then TikTok. Um, what do we got? Am I drinking out of a, a mixed drink out of a wine glass? Do you know I dug this glass up in the backyard? I, it was just like yeah. kind of in a pile of dirt in the backyard. Like goblet. I, it's kind of a goblet. I mean, it looks like a crystal glass, but it's... It's just glass, and it's kind of cheap, but it looks cool. I like it. Um, we got Paul Kirkland. The price of electric vehicle offset the gas savings, uh, and also any repair costs are extremely higher. Sure, but I, I understand there's less cost in maintenance uh, for an electric vehicle. But I'm sure when you're having, you know, when you have an issue, it's probably a pretty deep issue well we're uh, we're, we're kind of skipping ahead because that was actually one of the cons that i put which is that um when it comes to repairing them they're i don't know if they're simpler or more complex mechanically but the the way that they're designed it's very difficult for you to be able to do your own work on them and so yeah. you pretty much have to take it to the dealership and they're they're probably built in such a way that really only the dealership can work on them so your costs are going to be a lot higher than if you tried to do something yourself. And also, they're so so heavily embedded with the, all the electronics and stuff that when when something goes wrong with a computer system or electronics or whatever, it's a lot harder to fix than just replacing a gasket or t- like unscrewing something and screwing a new part on. Well, a gasket is typically not the easiest to replace. You got to torque down at the right, right but- level. It, it, I, gaskets I, easy to diagnose and it's an empirically solvable problem it's we pull these parts off put the new gasket on put the parts back on top screw them in we're good yeah but if anybody knows what a radio code is for a vehicle you know that right off the bat dealing with electronics is a pain in the balls and like <laughs> if you've tried to replace your radio or if you've unplugged something and then you get this radio code uh, in your car, it means you have to take the vehicle to the dealer to have them punch in whatever code it is, or they got to plug in something to your radio just so you can listen to the fucking radio. Again. Oh, I had a car um, like that, but I, I knew the code so I could just punch it in whenever the battery died. You're lucky in that respect. All right, I'm going to keep it in these comments. Paul, Paul Kirkland, also Facebook, said Toyota CEO, a leader in electric vehicles starting in the Prius states that the fuel cell technology with hydrogen tanks is the way of the future, not electric. So that's, a, that's another interesting point. The technology just uh, isn't there yet. Um, but uh, it's a really cool idea because if you have a hydrogen-powered vehicle, you know what its emissions are? Zero. Oh, water. wait. Water. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, I was, I was half reading, half listening. But yeah, yeah that's, that's what you're outputting. Uh, all right, let me hit some quick uh, Instagram comments, see what we got so far. Uh, I saw Vakas added a few here. Let's see. Uh, no gas, but it has to run close to a million miles versus. Uh, 
something about tech scanners automating driving. Great topic. Neo and MVs are coming up with good technology. Potentially Neo's, uh, Tesla. You know, Neo's um, a Chinese electronic vehicle manufacturer. They're okay. they're considered like the Tesla of China. Okay. Uh, Rainex is no good for your windshield. Mm-hmm. You got to challenge me on that one. I've never uh, heard anybody say that Rainex is bad. Yeah. Uh, and it'll take 15 to 20 minutes to fill up versus 80% of the battery life. Uh, uh, all right. I got an old car. That the sound on it is all, I don't know, a Pagoda 250SL. Nice. Uh, I'm having one. Uh, I don't mind the electric car, but there's nothing like an oldie. Uh, hydrogen, are you trying to kill us? Hydrogen car. Um well, you know, is is hydrogen likely to explode? So that's the whole idea of it. That um, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah the, well, I think hydrogen, if you've got liquid hydrogen or whatever, because you're not going to store it as a gas because you have very little. So you'd have to store it as liquid hydrogen. And the thing is, it's super cold. So, like, if the hydrogen tank bursts, now you've got all this liquid hydrogen that's going to immediately boil and turn into gaseous hydrogen. And I don't remember if you did this um, in high school chemistry where you took the little eyedropper full of hydrogen and oxygen and then squeezed it into uh, the Bunsen burner. And even just like that much air mixed with hydrogen or whatever, when you squeeze it into the Bunsen burner, it gave you a pretty good pop back. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you were to have a car accident where the hydrogen tank bursts and you have all this liquid gas yeah, liquid hydrogen turning into gas and then exposed to a flame of some sort, you could have a pretty big explosion. Um, and if anybody Probably doubts me on that, I, I, would rec- I would recommend watching the video of the Hindenburg. <laughs> I would think that might be more violent than gasoline. Yeah. Uh, yeah gasoline's going to like explode and be like napalm, where like you don't, like if you've got it on you, it catches on fire. That's going to really suck. Whereas hydrogen's going to be much more of like an explosion, but no real flame afterwards. What burns hotter? Uh, I have no idea. My bet would be uh, gasoline. Uh, okay, so then gasoline could be worse. It, it's it's two very different types, though. Hydrogen is going to be just kind of an air explosion, so you're going to have shrapnel and stuff going everywhere, whereas gasoline is mm. going to be the actual like liquid getting on you and then burning you. And I'm not sure really which is worse. All right, so let me let me hit the TikToks real quick. Uh, all right, good conversation, great. I really clean your room. Oops, yeah. I want to clean your room. Well, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy them a flight ticket down here if they want to help. Yeah, uh, you're invited to clean James' room. Yeah, I'll pay uh, for your I'll pay for your round trip ticket. Um, I don't think I don't think he values having a room clean that much. So I, I just said I'd pay for the round trip ticket. I think you I think you'd renege on that one. Just my opinion. Um. <laughs> what? I just like how you turned around. No, no, I got, no, no. That's because uh, my cell phone is ringing. And I um I can't answer it right now. Okay, that'll happen. Um. All right, uh, I'll give you another pro with, uh, with the electronic vehicles is that they really do have the newest tech. If you're buying an electric vehicle, you're buying a newer vehicle for the most part, and it's going to have a lot more tech 
in it just because, um, you know, I don't know what, what, I don't know what the just because is, but I can definitely say that, that you have more well, by tech. virtue of a newer vehicle, it's going to have newer tech. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say a 2020 all electric vehicle versus a 2020 gas vehicle. Somehow you just, just the shoving more tech into that car. Maybe, um, you know, you're learning more about the engine, whatever that is. Um, I'm going to say that that's a pro and a con, though, because me personally, I don't like driving cars that have a ton of technology and computers in them. I want to be driving, not letting a computer drive for me. I, I completely, completely agree. Um, a lot of people disagree it, with me on that one, but this is, again, like the purest argument. Purest, exactly. I want to feel the road. I want that rack and pinion steering. Um, I, I still go back and forth with anti-lock brakes. Obviously, the superior technology is anti-lock brakes. No, anti-lock brakes are always good. Sure, but it is also kind of cool driving with regular brakes, or you can just lock them up, you know, when, when mm. you want. But, well, it, it depends on what you're doing in the car. I mean, if, I, if I'm having a daily driver um, or, or something that I'm really taxing, I want to have a safer car. Right. You want analog brakes in any any vehicle. If you're looking to do crazy stuff and lock up the brakes or whatever, that's what the e-brake is for. Yeah, but new vehicles don't. You can't engage the e-brake like that. You push well, your button. Yeah, you need you need like the manual e-brake that you can actually pull with your hand. But yeah, I, I will I will always take a car with analog brakes and just give me the the e-brake if I want to do something stupid. Um. Okay, newest tech, uh, less frequent maintenance. Obviously, you don't have a, a, an engine that takes oil, so you don't need regular oil changes. You probably need some type of regular electric maintenance where they kind of go through, they look for bad browns, they look for any oxidation. There's also uh, less moving parts in an electric vehicle. Which is why you don't use much engine lubricant. Uh, and mm -hmm. the likeliness, yeah, the likeliness for something to break down is also less. So you need less regular maintenance. You're going to need less maintenance just because, uh, and uh, yeah, you don't have, I'm sure there's got to be some internal lubrication, but you don't have like an engine oil. Well, the, the electric motor itself is not going to have, it's not going to require too much lubrication. You're going to need lubrication for the, the drive train in some capacity, just like you have like differential oil. Um, so you, you're still going to have differentials that actually have to transmit the power from the rotating electric motor to the wheels, but you're not going to have the, the moving parts in the same way that you do in a combustion engine where you have pistons that are going up and down connected to a camshaft that are spinning in oil. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, let, let me go through. All right. So one, one pro that we haven't talked about yet is that electric motors are way more efficient than combustion engines. Um, like here they use zero gasoline. No, 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 I'm talking about energy efficiency, which is, okay. so an electric motor is going to be somewhere between 60 and 80% efficient, where the energy that goes in, 60 to 80% of that engine actually goes to driving the vehicle. Whereas in a combustion engine, they're between like 15 and at your best, maybe 25% efficient. So a lot of the energy, the, the energy content of the gasoline is being lost to the various inefficiencies, either in incomplete combustion or the loss of friction of all the different moving parts 
and then having to translate that from the piston to the cam to the clutch to the transmission to the drivetrain and everything there's just a lot more loss and so the electric engines are just way more efficient all right let's hit the next uh i got another one which is that because they're so much more efficient um you can you can actually get pretty high performance out of an electric vehicle um pretty much all the teslas right now even like the the base model or whatever are super fast in acceleration because of the power profile of an electric engine they have their highest torque pretty much right around zero rpm so if you're at a stoplight or whatever and you're in a combustion vehicle your engine's making basically the least amount of power it will whereas an electric vehicle is making the most amount of power so there's there's a lot of performance possibilities with electric vehicles yeah the it's just a matter of keeping the, the rubber in contact with the road at that point. And that's, but with that's, all your crazy technology in there, you've got good traction control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the acceleration on the Tesla S model or one of their little sportier ones uh, surprised the shit out of me. It's like and, 0 to 60 in like four seconds. Yeah, and that's faster than I can make it in the 911. Right. 20 years ago, zero to 60 in under four seconds was purely the realm of supercars. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, and I think it was like barely unachievable, right? Mm, Not for under like 150 or 200,000. How many years ago you said? 20 years ago. I'm thinking about back in the era of like the Ferrari F50. And, and that kind of era of supercars or whatever. Because I think the Ferrari F50 had like a 0 to 60 of like 4.6 or something. Uh, I just, uh, we just lost connection here. Um, yeah, I, I remember that. 3.6. All right. So yeah, the, the, the F50 did it in, in 3.6 seconds. And a Tesla Model D can do that, can do 0 to 60 in a comparable time. I'll look it up right now since I've got the browser. Um so I'm going to give you another positive. You get tax credits typically for owning a an electric vehicle. I don't know exactly how those tax credit credits work. Model S 2.5 between 2.3 and 2.5 seconds. You go to 60 miles an hour. Uh huh. Do you know how much terrain you must that you uh, that you have to cover for that? No, you're going fast. That's that's yeah. really cool. Um, so yeah, the the, the por- performance that's definitely in favor of the EVs. That's wild. Um, all right. So tax credit I mentioned. That uh, depends on the vehicle. Um, so the way that the tax credits works, as I deal with this, is the the federal government started off with seventy five hundred as a tax credit, but it goes down based on the number of vehicles that specific manufacturer sold. So right now, like Tesla, for example, I'm pretty sure that the tax credit for a Tesla is either 2,500 or it might even be zero now. So like you need to find a manufacturer that hasn't sold a lot of EVs yet, but the tax credit is going to vary not so much based on the value of the car, but the number of vehicles that that particular manufacturer has sold. Interesting. So that's something to ask when you're at the dealer or to search before you get to the dealer. Yeah, you can, it, it's pretty easy to find the information, but. Cool. Um, 
And then last I got a pro and let anybody, you know, if you're, if you're watching live, let me know if I'm missing anything, James, I don't know if you have anything else. But last thing I have is style. Um, is that with the electric vehicles, you are getting the newest style. A lot of, a lot of times these manufacturers aren't simply putting an electric engine in a, you know, an existing body style. They're creating a new body style specific for that electric line. Yeah. Cool. Some see? of them look really cool and some of them look really lame. Well, that's on the con side of things. Um, I think a lot of them look really lame. Um, but the other thing I was going to say on the sound note was that they're designed for aerodynamics. So you are getting some some cool looking. I don't know. There's a BMW EV that just looks like, like a bigger version of the smart car. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. It's got goofy lines. Um, at that point, you know, I, I don't know why people are kind of buying that. Uh, yeah, I think it, it looks just, just stupid from front to back. It's just so bad looking. And I love BMW, but that particular car is terrible. Yeah, I'm not I saying like performance-wise or anything else. I'm just saying from a pure aesthetic pr perspective, I think it looks awful. But I feel like people are buying that just to let other people know that they have an electric vehicle. Ugh, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let me hit some con cons here. Um, so biggest con to me is you don't have any gears. Um, and it really takes away from the driving experience. We talked about that a minute ago, but really, you know, I just think, you know, I enjoy driving. I enjoy shifting. I enjoy pushing the clutch. I enjoy, you know, steering the vehicle and like hand placement on the wheel and kind of feeling your way around the turns, not having any gears takes away drastically from that experience. To me, it's like eating without being able to smell. Um, and for those of you who had coronavirus, you know, it's not, it's not as much fun. Uh, you're losing a lot of flavor of the food. Sure, you still get the texture experience, but that's not what eating's about. Eating is about flavor, and flavor is about smell. For me, driving is about shifting and controlling your engine. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a purist argument through and through. Sure. Um, and... I happen to agree with it. Yeah, well, exactly. Also, you can't engine brake. You can't downshift. Um, and they're silent, so you don't have the engine noise to know what you're doing with the vehicle. Um, that's that, Those are my biggest qualms. And I just feel like somebody trying to have sex with a condom and being like, well, you know, I, I like, I, you know, it doesn't feel the same. I'm not I sure this I, is the best comparison. <laughs> um, it's just, I just, I, you know, I'd totally be on board if they could synthesize this aspect of driving and put it into an electric vehicle. So I, I think Aston Martin actually is working on an electric vehicle that would have a clutch and gears. But yeah, but it's got to make sense. They can't just put it in there as a hindrance to the electrical experience. I, I have no idea. I haven't driven one. But I feel like to a degree you're hindering the electric experience and the efficiency of the car by adding this aspect of it. They would probably argue they aren't. I don't know enough about it, but I, I, I've heard that there's at least one manufacturer out there that's trying to create a car that's going to have 
three pedals that you can kind of shift and have a more purist experience with. Look, I've had a couple of vehicles with paddle shifters. And I've had people that have done like circus routine, circus away, like try, you know, acrobatics trying to convince me that paddle shifters is like just barely second to actually shifting a car. Uh, no, there, no. If you're racing a car, if you want to be like, and I'm talking an actual race on a track with other drivers and everything like that, then the paddle shifters are actually way better. Now, it's not as fun of a driving experience, but if you want like a proper paddle shifting car with like a racing gearbox or whatever, you don't have to take your hands off the wheel to shift and you don't have to worry about matching revs or anything else like that. So it takes one action. Like if you're racing a car, you're paying attention to everything that's going on at once. So paddle shifters are way better in a racing environment. Sure. But if you're just driving on the roads every day, then that like being able to push in the clutch and actually find the next gear and match the revs and stuff is a way to keep driving interesting when it would otherwise be boring. Yeah, exactly. And and a lot of driving is boring as shit. And, you know, now that I'm spending, you know, an hour plus a day on the highways, like you're pretty much just going straight. Um, and I think that should be an engaging experience. I don't think I should be that tempted to go for my phone or, you know, uh, it, I just, I want to be engaged with the vehicle. There's that, I mean, it's just part of driving and I don't like being able to, it's frustrating for me, the amount of time I spend during my day on autopilot, just doing shit. And, you know, a lot of people hate this because they, a lot of times people come into my office and they realize that I'm on autopilot and they have to do something to break me from that. And, you know, I appreciate it when they do because it helps me re-engage with, with what's actually going on. But that autopilot thing is kind of anti-Huge. You know what Huge is? Uh, it's a Finnish word. Yeah, that just it means like the sense of kind of warmth and involvement and awareness and kind of being in the moment and being aware. A lot of people think of it like being by a fireplace, drinking hot chocolate with a nice knit blanket on them. Cozy is a word I hear often associated with it. Sure, but it's not just cozy. And cozy is probably the best way to describe it, but it's also cozy not on your iPad. It's cozy enjoying a cup of tea. So it's not huge if you're on an iPad. It's huge if you're enjoying a cup of tea. Do you see the, the difference? And like that's a very difficult way to uh, verbalize it, but that's because it's a different language. So, you know, that... that I, word, I got a better comparison. It, it's like having drinks together in the same room bullshitting versus being over Zoom. <laughs> um, I'm sure uh, an aspect of that would qualify as who get. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um all right, let me, All right, I got a I got a disadvantage here for for the EVs. Okay, again, we're talking about electric vehicles versus gas power vehicles. I'm mostly just talking about electric vehicles. We're talking about pros and cons right now. So here's one big con, which <laughs> is, and like I'm going to kind of lump two together, but I'm going to start with the first one, which is the time it takes for them to recharge. Sure, you go so, to the gas station and you and you pump your car full of gas. You're there for three minutes. You're in now. You, yep. you're out of charge on an electric vehicle. What's the charge time? Eight hours. I think I think the like the superchargers that they're like 
the basically the fastest rate that you're going to get, I think is, let's call it 45 minutes. I'd have to look it up, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm within 10 or 15 minutes either way. But even if you've got like the Tesla superchargers or whatever, if you're on a roughly empty battery and you've got even their fastest charger available, you're looking at probably 45 minutes. And if you're doing like a home charge, even if you're doing like off of like a 220 volt outlet and their premium home recharger or whatever, you're, you're looking at hours to recharge. Now, for a lot of people, this doesn't matter because chances are they're not driving. The, the, the range on Tesla's is probably like 200 to 250 miles in that range. And they're getting longer, too. They're definitely getting longer. So Maybe. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they are. They, they definitely are. But for right now, let's say 200 to 250 miles. Most people that own those cars aren't driving 200 to 250 miles every day. But exactly. if you want to take one of those cars on a longer road trip where you're going to have to refuel once or twice along the way, where if I'm taking my Passat, uh, I can get 500 miles on a tank and it takes me four minutes to fill it back up and I'm back on the road. Whereas if I were doing a Tesla that 500 miles would take me one or maybe even two stops, each of which is at least 45 minutes. Well, you're not, you're not driving cross country at speed. Um, you know, like I used to drive from South Carolina to New York, from Charleston, South Carolina to New York city in 10 hours. I think I was closer to nine hours on a, like a record. You were booking it. I mean, I, yeah, I was making, I was making probably a record time. And I would challenge somebody who was, you know, who was not in a race car making that time. But, I could make that time in my Passat if I like, but I'm running the ro- the risk of uh, getting pulled over. Yeah, well, I had the radar detector. And that's that's yeah, I don't. Um, so yeah, time to charge. And so going along with that is there's a huge problem right now. The biggest problem facing electric vehicles in terms of further development, technological limitations it's is of electricity, right? energy density. So a, the same weight of gasoline and a battery. So take a pound of gasoline and a pound of whatever the best battery is out on the market right now. Mm-hmm. The gasoline is roughly a hundred times more energy dense than that battery. But we're using a different... You said the, the utilization rate of the, uh, the energy. So but- the efficiency the, the efficiency helps you catch up a little bit, where you can, you can basically say that an electric engine is roughly five times more efficient. But that still leaves you at a differential of about 20 times. So if you go from 100 to energy density, it takes a certain amount of energy to just make a car go from here to there. So a pound of gasoline versus a pound of batteries fully charged is a hundred times more energy. Now the batteries are five times more efficient. So you end up with it about 20%. Um, I think what you're getting to though, is batteries are heavy as fuck compared yep. to, compared to a gas tank. Which so if you want to, if you want to get an equivalent amount of energy, even with the efficiency multiplier factored in, you're going to have roughly five times the mass in batteries in the vehicle. And the problem isn't so much the mass as it is the space that it takes to take up that mass because you can't like compact batteries smaller. Even if you made them heavier, you can't do that. 
batteries have to take up a certain amount of space. And so like for a Tesla or whatever, the way it's designed is basically the entire undercarriage of the car. So there's nothing under the hood, really. The entire undercarriage of the car is one giant battery pack. Yeah. And it's just all batteries. I don't know how much it weighs. I could look it up. But whereas a fuel tank barely takes up like one tenth the size of the undercarriage and you've got room for all this other stuff. And so as you scale up right now, pretty much all electric vehicles are small to midsize. The largest electric vehicle out there is probably like the Tesla Model X, like that SUV. Yeah. But is that in production already? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I've sat in one. Um, it's really cool. There's all sorts oh, of. Oh, not the squarish one. Not the one that. Not, looks- the, not the Cybertruck or anything else. Oh. But so they've got a Hummer coming out that's going to be an EV, but for, they, that's probably not until either 2021 or 2022. And, but right now, the the biggest vehicle out there is going to be the equivalent of about a midsize SUV. So to replace diesel engines, like semi trucks and everything like that, there's a lot of mass that you need to move. You need a lot of power and you're going to need a lot of battery packs. And so the battery technology has a long way to come for them to get it to with the efficiency multiplier, getting the battery packs to weigh roughly or at least in line with fuel it's just fuel is right now much more weight and space efficient yeah i I mean it definitely weighs less electric vehicles are heavy batteries are heavy um you know i just ordered some batteries on amazon recently a bunch of d batteries and that package came in i was like the fuck is this i was like oh yeah it's batteries but batteries Um, are heavy also dense. going along with the charging thing. So mm-hmm. obviously if you've got a home charger, it doesn't matter where you live because you can charge at home as long as you're not making long car trips. But if you want to charge your vehicle up somewhere else, the availability of chargers varies drastically based on your location. Sure. There are some places in this country that don't have many of them. I'll bet you in uh, like LA and, and other people, Probably San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I'll bet you California has, I would say, more just kind of geographic density. There's more in California than there is in places like New York City. I could be wrong on that, but I just have a strong feeling that New York City, I, I probably am wrong on that, but. Um, well, it's, I, I it's just like. Them. I don't see them. Even parking garages, I don't see them. I saw them in Central Park a while back, and then I haven't seen them. There's a few places in Charleston, a couple parking lots that have EV only parking spaces. Um, But Charleston's a relatively large city for South Carolina. It's a very metropolitan area. But if you're if you live out in the country, you live in a like a less densely populated area. There might not be any places for you to charge your car besides home. And so obviously the infrastructure is getting better and there's a ton of companies entering the market because EVs are growing. But as it stands today. There are certain areas in this country where owning an electric vehicle isn't practical unless you're charging it at home every single night. Can I ask, is, is EV entering our lexicon? Because you keep saying EV and, and it never seems to register with me. I pause and I call electric vehicle. Um, but is EV now like computer to, P, to PC, electric vehicle to EV? I have no idea. The reason why I'm so familiar with it is... Um, uh, a lot of the EV stocks have done phenomenally well this year. 
And so I'm just used to seeing that abbreviation because in, in the circles that talk about stocks, that's just how they refer to them. So I'm so I'm, I'm used to hearing it. Fair enough. To me, it just, I just keep going back to my fucking pet peeve of people saying face covering instead of mask is just driving me fucking batshit crazy. Well, my, my father had a theory that uh, when it comes to language, that the more commonly something is used, the shorter the word for it becomes. Uh, I, I, he said that a long time ago. I, I think I he's right about it, though, because think about it. When like it was automobile, now it's car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, personal computer, PC. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think he's, he's definitely right in that. I, I, I mean, I think it's, it's probably pretty easily provable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just anything with a lot of syllables, it's more difficult to say people are, are going around. I actually, I think the language is changing a lot uh, and it's changing faster than it ever has before. So, uh, yeah, that's why I'm using EV. I'm going to get more back on topic because I took a bunch of notes before we started. I told you i jump out of that car and make some notes. Um, I think before they order the everyman to go electric, all governments and all government vehicles and all public transportation needs to be electric. I think you set that standard first by demonstrating it, and then you can ask everybody else. But asking everybody to do it first or, at, or you know, even second to that, doing it together, I think the government needs to say, we, if we can do this, you can. I think you're going to see it happen simultaneously. Um, I can say, so when I was in San Francisco um, two months ago, so they, like all their city buses are electric. Yeah, well, I think, I know a, lo I know a lot of New York City buses, I think, are hybrid. I don't know about electric, but I, I know that New York City is definitely moving towards electric. San Francisco, the buses were 100% electric. But that's how I think it should be. And buses don't go that far. Actually, I don't fucking know. Well, so the, the San Francisco buses, it was kind of like the old trolley cars or whatever, but like they had the, the lines running above. So they would yeah. have like a constant source of power from that. I'm sure that like if something happened, they've got a backup battery or whatever. But I, yeah, I, I don't dig deep into, into buses because it's never been a career option for me because I piss too much. So I could never operate a public transportation vehicle. Um, so it's not something I think that much about. Uh, not the, not the backside of. If you were to pee yourself on a bus, how would anybody even be able to know? It's not going to change the way the bus smells. And I was just going to say on a New York city bus these days. God, oh my God. Last night when I, I took the subway back, uh, right near the, you know, basically in Penn Station. Uh, I'm just coming down the stairs, and there's five, six people kind of walking in. It's not crowded, crowded, but it's definitely by no means empty. Um, and that's five, six people, like, having not going through the turnstile, like on the, you know. The un Outside portion of it. Yeah, the unpaid side of the turnstile. And there's just a guy sitting there. I tried to take a picture. Or, no, I didn't try to take a picture. I wanted to try to take a picture. Um, he had his shoes off. He was barefoot. And it was cold. His shoes were next to him, and he was just injecting a fucking needle somewhere into his foot um, and just muttering to himself, you can see me, you can see me, you can see me, or something like that. I would have to imagine that it, it was his psychiatric meds. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, I, think, I think the government should hit the electric first. 
you know, my father worked on electric vehicles in like the late 80s and uh, when he worked for General Electric. I knew he was an electrical engineer. I didn't know what he did. Yeah, well, I don't think that was like his main thing. I'm sure he worked on a you know, small aspect of it or something. He wasn't leading the electric vehicle initiative for General Electric. Um, but it just kind of evaporated, which made me do a little dive through some Wikipedia uh, just to kind of get some dates and an idea on, on some electric stuff. But uh, uh, AMC, I think that's like American Motor Company, um, had some, they, they tried some electric prototypes. Probably back in like the 70s. You hear that? Yeah. That's my old ass clock. Which, for a while, I dug this up in the dirt too. It was actually in the barn near this glass. Um, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, two bones. Um, but it kept perfect time, and now it just runs a little fast. So, a little weird. It's saying it's 10 p.m. It's clearly not. Um, so, they, they had some electric prototypes in 1959. New way... Um, in 1960, had an electrical vehicle they were planning to produce with a plastic body. It's interesting to think that a car back then had a plastic body. GM had an electric vehicle prototype, 1966. And the first successful electric vehicle um, the U.S. drove on the moon uh, in 1971. Oh, yeah, but uh, you can't do combustion engines on the moon. Exactly. But that's pretty cool that uh, it, Apollo 15 had an electric vehicle that drove along. Uh, it was called the LRV, the Lunar Roving Vehicle. And that was kind of the first like successfully produced and utilized vehicle. There were prototypes, but they didn't, they didn't really use them. So uh, I'm guessing that was a NASA initiative. Uh, but it was developed by both Boeing and a General Motors subsidiary, Delco Electric, which for, for me, it rings a, some bell just into my brain, Delco Electric. Heard it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have the, I didn't have the time to, to hit that uh, uh, Wikipedia, fucking, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Rabbit hole? Rabbit hole is what I was looking for. I was thinking of a different animal. I wanted to say mole. But that's not a thing. Mole. Moles, mole hills. Mole. <laughs> mole. Um, but no, it was pretty cool you know, that Apollo 15 had a, uh, an electric vehicle on board. So just think, think about that. How much fuel and combustion happens to get a vehicle off the surface of this planet, out of our atmosphere. Um, and how impossible that would be given our current technology to do that with fuel cells or, you know, some type of battery pack. Well, I mean, I don't know how you would even be able to make an electric motor that can propel you up because it's a very different thing to move you to turn wheels versus actually propel something up. Exactly. What would you be like? Uh, what are those paddle boats that you make that displace water? Are you going to displace air like that? It's not going to work. Yeah, uh, that that's very true. What you're talking about is displacement, 
which is how a combustion motor works through displacement in pistons, which is not how an electric motor works. An electric motor works by spinning, which is what drives your drivetrain. Well, I mean, the pistons go up and down, which drive a shaft that spins. But the, uh, the pistons are driven by combustion, which happens in your, in your engine. And then that drives your uh, camshaft. Camshaft, which drives your. Well, no, sorry, I'm mixed up here. The cam the camshaft is driven by the pistons. Yeah, so you've got pistons that have um, an attachment to the camshaft. As they go up and down, they will torque on the camshaft. The camshaft will spin and have a linkage to the transmission and they'll basically spin it'll well it'll actually go through a flywheel and the flywheel's there to basically dampen the oscillations because like every time that the piston goes up and down that can be jerky so the 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 flywheel is a weighted cylinder that's going to kind of smooth out the the individual piston moves and then that flywheel is attached to like a further extension of the camshaft and this is spinning that drives the clutch and then the clutch will match up with the transmission and when the clutch and the transmission are matched it causes the transmission to spin and then the transmission has the drivetrain which then links to the wheels thank you for that thank you for that um yeah um it, it's been so long since i've been under the hood of a vehicle that's that's a major benefit for me in terms of moving back to the suburbs is that I can actually spend some time doing some, once it warms up, it's so fucking cold right now. Um, December 22nd is the day we were recording this. Um, it's so freaking cold out here in the suburbs. Um, but yeah, I can't do any work yet, but I really enjoy doing automotive work. It's just that I've lived in Manhattan for, more than the last decade. So I haven't had the space or the tools or the space to hold the tools, even if I wanted to have the tools to do any of this work. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, all right, so we hit that LRV. Um, what are you, so, do you have any other more disadvantages for the EVs? Why did you want to add to the list? I've got just one more, which was already kind of touched on by one of our comments, which is that EVs cost more, both in monetary cost and also environmental cost, where you talk about zero emissions, that's fine. But there's more emissions generated in the manufacturing process of an EV than there are of a conventional car. Oh, how much, do you know? Uh, and it varies, but it's mostly, it's mostly in the battery um, because the, you have to get rare earth metals and stuff like that. So it's when you factor in the mining of the metals and refining them into the lithium ions and everything like that, and then actually making them into batteries and everything, when you factor in the environmental impact of making the batteries and then putting them in the car, the electro, uh, electronic vehicle is going to be much, uh, much higher on its like greenness score or whatever you want to call it um, at, be, uh, compared to... Yeah. So there's, so yeah, once they get moving or whatever, they're way better than gas vehicles because they basically are zero emissions They're because power plants are super efficient. So you're just, you're dealing with the, the efficiency of a power plant that's sending the electricity to your home as the efficiency of the vehicle effectively. 
Um, yeah, so over path. time, the more you drive an electric vehicle, eventually you will overcome the the environmental impact of the manufacturing process. And I don't remember the uh, the number of miles. I feel like it was like one hundred and twenty five thousand or so, but I don't know. That's it's a lot of miles. It is. Have you driven a vehicle from brand new to one hundred and twenty five thousand miles before? I haven't. I drove a vehicle from eighty five thousand to about one hundred ninety five thousand. That's one ten, so not quite there yet. What vehicle was that? Which the uh, RSX. Oh no, shit! You put that many miles in that thing? Uh, yeah. Wow, good for you. Yeah, I had it for close to ten years. Wow, I love that car. That was a, that was a cool car. Uh, my mom has it now. It's still in. It's it's still She's kicking. Still, she had it. It's a cool. It, it handled well. Um, it was accurate, right? It. Yeah, great cars. Uh, right, one other thing I want to touch on, there was a resurgence. So the late 50s and 60s, a lot of the major manufacturers dabbled in the electric vehicles. They tried to produce some prototypes or designs, but they never really produced anything, uh, definitely not mass production. Um, there was a bit of resurgence in the 70s and 80s. and Probably as a um, result of like the fuel crisis in like early, the early and mid-70s. Exactly what I was going to get next is the energy crisis that occurred then. However, back then, you couldn't sell the electric vehicle um, as well because they hadn't invented the concept of global warming. Um, <laughs> that's, well, a, that's an interesting way of putting it. It, it is. Well, that's, that's what I read. They hadn't invented it. But either way, at some point, somebody coined... The phrase of global warming and they made scientists were aware that emissions were causing global warming as back as far back as like the 50s and 60s yes however this is this is where politics kind of diverge here uh it hadn't been sold to the american people in a way that that enough american people bought onto it and believed it um which is a lot of how science works. You still have a lot of American people um, who don't believe in evolution. So. Well, th th there's facts, and then they're selling those facts. But the sale is, is really tough. Um, it's also an important part of the process. Yeah, well, obviously. Obviously. Um, the sale is really everything, which is why I love working in the sales realm. Um, because I, I just think it gives you kind of a better understanding of people. and, and how That's people why I like working in accounting, is I deal on the facts side. Uh, yeah, I have to sell those facts. Uh, and I do to some degree as well. No, you're not getting this deduction. Here's why. So the, other, the, the last thing I wanted to add in electric vehicles is that after this podcast, I'm going to be seeing a hell of a lot of <laughs> electric vehicle ads after doing some research oh uh, I, yeah i feel like all i'm gonna see on like google ads facebook instagram incognito mode is your friend yeah uh i suppose i suppose but but moving forward definitely be seeing a lot of electric vehicle ads um it won't be difficult to resist the urge to buy an electric vehicle um because you know, I don't have the eighty-five thousand dollars in uh, in cash to put down. Um, 
nor the current credit utilization rate to, to give me a strong enough credit score. And the fact that you don't really like the driving experience of an EV. Yeah, so it, what I'm saying, though, is buying an electric vehicle is not going to be a financial, there's not a financial upside to it right now. Um, and uh, and as the technology progresses, the cost will come down. And Sure, I think, excuse me, shit. Um, we're recording. I, I oh, like, I got another. I got another big con. Actually, I, lo- I is, like this late recording schedule. I apologize for the new one, but I do like the late recording. Schedule. I got another big con here, which is that EVs have so much software in them that, um, so for example, with Tesla or whatever, they'll have like software updates where you have to like connect the fo- uh, the car to Wi-Fi or whatever to download the the latest firmware update or whatever. Which means that, yeah. like, I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on for a second and say that it means that the manufacturers could effectively brick your car if they wanted to. So let's say I own a Tesla and then I decide to start bad mouthing Tesla um, on social media or whatever. And I start generating a whole bunch of interest. What's to stop Tesla from finding the, the serial number of my car and doing a software update to just brick my car? Um, what's stopping them? My, my answer is nothing. Well, you don't have social media, so you're kind of... No, but I said, I'm putting putting the tinfoil hat on and saying that, like, have, like, manufacturers having the power to change the firmware of your car means that in a lot of ways, you don't own your car. Like, for example, I've got two cars, one of which is a, a 2015 Passat, the other is a 1994 Miata. The 1994 Miata has an ECU unit in it that never once even understood the concept of the internet, yeah. let alone has been connected to it. So no matter what I say about Mazda or whatever, I can still drive that car. And if something breaks on it, I can just buy a new part and put it on. Um, it, it, like I, I own 100% of that car. I don't have to worry about anybody no. messing with it. No one, else, them. no one else is in control of that car. Let me ask you a question. Have you driven an electric vehicle? No. Um, we got a comment here from Doria saying you should drive when you, you'll be amazed. And I'll, I'll agree with her. You will be amazed. It's a different experience. However, what I want to say to that is I'm not yet ready to give up an experience that I like to get out with another cool experience. There are things that I like doing that – I just like doing. And I'll give you a great example of that. Do you know what that is? That. Fires? Yes. Environmentally friendly. Efficient. That's oh, fucking clock. Um, that's it right now? The clock goes off at the weirdest time. Yeah. It's gone off twice, and we've, and we've been live for an hour. Well, what do you expect from something that you dug up out of the ground? But it's cool as shit. Um, but what I'm saying is heating this the room that I'm in right now, much easier, much more efficiently done, and much more cost-effectively done from the equipment of the basement. But I'm burning fire. And I enjoy that. And that's much more hoogia for me than, than pressing on my phone the thermostat app to, to control the nest. 
which is cool as shit, that I can adjust the nest temperature here. But there's nothing like sitting with a sweater and some thick wool socks on, sitting on the floor next to the fireplace, listening to some music. And I would rather be sitting by the fire with some wool socks and a nice cable knit sweater on than sitting, you know, uh, uh, rock hard like a boussier sofa with some metal chrome uh, cage around it. Uh, you know, with some electronic heater in front of me. Like, that's not that's not cool. There's things that you do because you like doing that, which, again, is more who get. And that, for me, and I believe for you, James, is driving an electric vehicle, shifting gears, listening to the engine. And uh, I get it. It's not great for the environment. But yep. you've you got to introduce a much bigger upside you know giving money to homeless people makes you feel good but it also makes you more broke so you know until giving to a homeless person who's doing drugs feels better for me i'm going to use that money on coffee i'm going to use it on drugs for myself yeah okay um but yeah like the miata so like the two cars my passat is way faster way more fuel efficient way more practical in every way but I enjoy driving the Miata a hundred times more. Every time I think about selling it, I just go for a drive in. I'm like, I can't sell this because like the engine runs rich. So when it like, when the engine's running cold, it backfires all the time and like it's geared short. So like I'm constantly having to like think about what gear I want to be in. And it's just everything about the car is alive. And like, even if I'm just driving slow in traffic or whatever, even doing 25 or 30 miles an hour, I'm constantly having to make decisions about what the car is doing. And it's a driving experience. Like the Passat kind of drives itself. I mean, it's still a stick shift, but the Passat doesn't require anywhere near the thought or the engagement that the Miata does. Um, here's the last thing I want to add, because if anybody's stuck it out this long, which we appreciate that you have, uh, or if you're just tuning in, you're live, you're listening to us right now. And I feel like James, you and I are bashing a bit the electric vehicle. It's pretty clear which, which side of the line we stand on. We're pro gasoline, pro combustion engine vehicle type. Not all vehicles. Like I, I think for the greater good, electric vehicles all the way. Mm-hmm. But from where I stand, I'm going with the um, combustion engine. But before you argue and you say, you know what? I disagree with these guys completely. Um, I think you need to have the full range of experience and be able to, to drive a manual transmission vehicle. And I think, if, I think for the most part, anyone listening to us right now who's on the opposite side of the line from us, pro- if they are currently on the opposite side, probably cannot drive and have not driven manual transmission. Um, you know, and and that's, that's really my opinion on that. My younger sister, um, as far as my knowledge, prefers manual transmission and that was not the first type vehicle that she drove but she basically taught herself so she could drive a manual transmission jeep wrangler um which i convinced her she could not buy an automatic jeep wrangler oh no 
So, but kudos to her for having um, taught herself how to drive a manual transmission. Um, and unless you're disabled, where like you only have one leg or one arm or whatever, anyone can drive a stick shift. I mean, it's just a matter of being in tune with an engine, which again is much more part of that driving experience. So, uh, I'll extend my offer for the for whoever wants to clean my room. Not only will I, will I pay for your your plane ticket, but I'll also teach you how to drive stick shift. You can practice on the Miata. <laughs> um. You know that you've got comments on all platforms right now about about your room. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to change until I move because at this point, what's the point of me doing a complete overhaul of my room when I'm probably going to be moving to a new place in the next four to six months? Well, I mean, that could be that could be your signature, James. Just just chaos. I I I fully embrace it. Uh, all right, cool. We hit our time limit. We passed the hour mark. I want to thank anybody who has watched us live, the majority of this. Anybody who's listening after, you're watching on YouTube, you're listening on a podcast, please subscribe. Please rate the podcast. Give us a lot of stars if you can. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we do this because I don't know what else we do with our time. But we love talking about these, these topics. Um, so we love your feedback. We love uh, additional topics. Let us know in the comments what you want to want us to talk about. Um, probably the more taboo and the more controversial the topic, the more fun for us to talk about. Yeah, let's um, do it. But um, are, we doing, are we doing a cast on Thursday? Or are we taking the holidays off? We'll probably t we'll probably take the next live session off. That's Christmas Eve. Um, but James is trying to make his way up here for the holidays. So if he does, we'll do a cool one together. We'll make some drinks on air. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll definitely be more involved with the live viewers because, again, if you're, if you're catching this afterwards, we, we cast, we do live Tuesday and Thursday, roughly 8.30 to 9.30. Um, but when James is here, we'll be able to be a lot more in tune with the live comments. So that'll be cool as shit. Yeah, in case people weren't aware, I can't see the comments. Yeah, James is, is oblivious to the comments, so... Um, so better or worse, probably for better. So at the end of the day, we're all going to appreciate old things. Uh, Valeria, Lisa, I love your chair. Valeria, good night, guys. Lisa, have a good night. Oh, these guys are signing off already. All right. Oh, all right. Well, uh, well, that looks like that. I'm going to go tend to my fire. Uh, maybe I'll cook some chestnuts um, or some shit like that. Either way, happy holidays, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right. Cheers. See you, James. All right, guys. I'm signing off. Just hang tight. Thank you for joining. Concludes this episode. Let us know what you think. Please subscribe. Please like this podcast. Uh, we really, truly, truly, truly appreciate. Uh, it means it means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to James as well. Uh, your guys' interaction, your liking and commenting, and uh, but really most of all, you know, just let us know what you want to hear about next because that's that's what drives a new topic. So I appreciate that, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.